Hello, and welcome back to the La Fantasista podcast. This is your host, DT, and I just want to provide you with a quick update as to why I haven't been posting a lot. So it's been a month since the last podcast, and that's because in my personal life I've had a lot of big events. Got into my dream university, became a citizen of the United States of America, and I turned 20 years old, as well as picking up a lot of hours at work. So I've been a busy guy recently, but in the upcoming week, with the Champions League final being so close to us, um, I will be posting more videos. I don't want to overpromise anything, you know. But yeah, I think we should be back to a regular upload schedule. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. The guest will be A1, just like on the last podcast. We collabed again to give you guys the player ratings for the Arsenal season. Uh, yeah, the less the less I say about it now, the better, because uh, it was a dreadful season. But yeah, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the ratings and our thoughts on the season. Uh, one of the one of the longer episodes out there, I would say, but um, it's worth it because you can't talk about Arsenal and not say a lot of bad things. Hope you enjoy. Today's guest will be A1, and we'll be giving out end-of-the-season awards for Arsenal, and we'll be talking about how the season went overall and rating some of the players and the manager and what we expect for the summer. So let's get into it. Welcome on, bro. Yeah. Good to be here, as usual. How are you, man? Uh, I mean, I'm good, but... Thinking over the Arsenal season, there's a lot of pain that comes straight to mind. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, obviously, obviously not a great time this year. But I mean, let's just jump straight into it. Let's let's start off with a positive note. Uh, who's your player of the season? Um, player of the season, I'd say it's pretty obvious who it is. It's got to be, it's got to be Saka, right? It's just. It's got to be Saka for me. I think he's been, out of all of the negatives this season, he's been by far, for me personally, the shining light. Because I think he's been absolutely amazing. Considering where the team is, Not forget about how he's been playing and his quality. We know that, but it's his personality. It's the fact that he can fill in in five different positions, play them all to an elite level. He can play left wing, right wing, Left back, left wing back. For me, I think he can play number ten. I think he's he's a he can influence every phase of the pitch, and he's nineteen years old. To me, that's it's, it's incredible. And I think for me, I think you're looking at a situation where I think next season, in my opinion, anyway, he should be aiming for the twenty to twenty five goals and assists, like level, like the Sterlings, like the Mares. Like the, like when Sane used to be at Manchester City, those kind of numbers. That's how he's going to take himself to the next level. I'm sure he can do it. Yeah, and for, from from a perspective of like what's best for Saka, unfortunately, I think he's been overplayed this season. And as much as I feel like he would obviously hate to miss out on the Euros, I I want him to go personally, but I also don't think it would be bad if he was to stay and rest because I do think that his ceiling is 
25 goal assists next season and whoever knows how much higher than that because his attitude is like as you said it's just perfect he's so versatile but yeah I don't, I don't know i think there was a patch of form from like maybe february to to april where you can just tell the kid is tired like he he is our age i'm i turned 20 he hasn't turned 20 yet so it, it's just wild to think about that he's out there every three days carrying arsenal so i mean i think for me i just want to give a little quick shout out to lacazette because as much as he's hated on I think he scored like 11 league goals starting December. So like our entire good run of form was him scoring goals and it kind of coincided with when fatigue started going on Saka. But I do think Saka's still the player of the season. But yeah, like I think people should appreciate Lacazette season a little more because yeah, he hasn't scored a great volume of goals, but he was scoring every game when we were doing good and scored a lot of winning goals like versus Brighton um versus spurs so yeah i mean that's that and i guess naturally Saka being 19 takes young player of the season right yeah naturally but he would but i think you also have to give shout out to smith Rowe as well yeah he's for been sure. he's been for, like he's obviously coming he came in at the worst point as well during a crisis and since he's coming to the team We've looked like a a much better team. Not a great team, but we've looked like a much better team. Like since his inclusion, the last I think out of forty eight points, we've won thirty three points whenever he's playing. So there's yeah. a reason for that. And there's a reason it's because it's not just him on the on the ball or off the ball. It's the way he makes everyone else around him better. He does his layoff, one-twos, he receives between the lines, he can combine with other players, he runs in behind, giving other players an option. He's always moving and he's got good football IQ, you can tell. So I'm hoping he, his numbers again next season, these young players like Martinelli, Saka, uh, Smith-Rowe, we need to see them get the numbers now. And I think that they can do that. That's what I think, especially next season. We're going to have to like raise our quality levels a lot higher so yeah 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 um i still think saka wins it just like in the same case as i said about lacazette like i think shout out to you but saka has just been out of this world um all season long left back right back i mean the benfica game is a perfect example like he moves out to right back and gets two assists to win us the europa league tie just the guy is just crazy um Talking about Europa League, uh, the goal of the season for me has to be the thunder hit by Mohamed Elneny versus Dundalk away. Uh, I think it was Dundalk, right? When he just yeah, 35 yeah, yeah. yards out, puts it far top corner. Like, yeah, you can say, oh, it's only Dundalk or whatever, but but the strike to hit it top corner from that far, like, crazy hit so that's my goal of the season how about you yeah or you can yeah or you can give it um the soccer goal against west brom yeah where it's a, it a great team goal so you, either one doesn't matter yeah i just i just think mohammed el nani deserves a shout out for his ability to score bangers yeah. <laughs> hit one against olympiacos as well so yeah um 
on a similarly high note, I guess, before we go into the negatives, what's your like best moment of the season and the best performance of the season? Because for me, they're two different moments, I'd say. That's difficult. Um, the best moment probably was I'm trying to think. It's not. There's not been many. Yeah. Um, um, I'd say probably the Spurs game because I think that was. I think I'd say that's probably our best performance of the season as well. I think from minute one to minute eighty till we got they got a red card. I don't know how we collapsed there, but we were. I thought that was our best, most complete performance. Whole game, they didn't get a sniff. And we were just wave after wave after wave of attack. And that's well, that's the image of what Arteta wants us to do. Or what his plans are anyway. Wave after wave, sustaining pressure, winning duels, winning second balls. And they couldn't cope. And we created chance after chance. It should have been more than 2-1. But I thought that was our best performance. And obviously winning the derby. It's obviously, it's obviously good for us as the fans. Yeah, so that was my best moment, but for like the best performance of the season, at least the one I enjoyed the most, was Slavia Prague away. Like, oh, yeah. we have been so, it's not like we've been creating loads of chances and just not finishing them like Brighton have, but we've still been very not clinical, apart from Lacazette, when you look at his shooting percentages, he's been great. But uh, a lot of players have just been not clinical, and that game, I think we scored four out of five shots on target. And then we literally were just like, all right, what are you going to do? We're up 4-0 after the first half. Like, it was so pleasing to finally see us, like, just get out there from the beginning, score a goal. And then we had the offside goal where a lot of times you'd think our players crumble. They just went even harder. So I think for me, that's the performance of the season because we were actually clinical for once. And it was really enjoyable to see. Yeah, that, yeah, I missed that. Out. That was a, yeah, that was a great performance. And that yeah. was a game where we were under big pressure as well. So. Yeah, because yeah. it was only one-one, and they had unbeaten home record, so it was good. But talking about worst moments, because there were a lot more of these. Mm. Um, for me, like the lowest point where I felt like no hope. At, like originally was probably the Villa game 3-0 because honestly like we didn't even have a chance in that game like we got absolutely destroyed by Aston Villa and that's like not a feeling that I'd want to feel but obviously going out in the Europa League was worse for me but do you have any other shouts for terrible times um well those are too obvious I think the Aston Villa one was for me, that was the worst performance of the season because I think Arsenal, no matter what you want to say about Arteta and what he's doing and what job he's doing, we don't get smashed like that. We got smashed against Aston Villa. They yeah. absolutely, they killed us. We didn't get a sniff that game. Um, so I think that was probably the worst performance. The low point, obviously, Villarreal. I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> That's how I was depressed after that game um yeah. any other ones i think oh well, it's it's the whole of that november december period that, that was 
that one win in ten games that was, and there was dressing room problems. There was crisis inside and outside. That was yeah, just that whole period actually was just awful. Yeah, like some memorable ones are when Aubameyang scored the own goal versus Burnley. Oh, um, I was I was dying inside when we lost one zero to Man City because. It's not about losing to Man City. It's just like our only shot was a 35-yard hit from Kieran Tierney that went straight into Ederson's hand. And I was like, how did they just roll up into our home field and just literally have a training session? It was just ridiculous. And also that was the game where uh, Sterling won the header over holding. Oh, yeah. that, That was an awful game. But, yeah, I mean, clearly it's not been great. But um, I guess we can just give quick ratings for the players um, to kind of get a sense of, like, who we think did well. And also we can talk about who we want sold, really. Um, Matt Ryan, I'll just start, like, with a squad list. Matt Ryan, for me, I'd say he's, like, an eight, to be honest, like, He's been good every time he played, came in the middle of the season and provided a better backup than Runerson. So that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really say much. He's only played like I think two or three games, so he's done what he's needed to do. Yeah. So I'll just give him a seven or something. Yeah. And I think the only goal he conceded was at Villa and really couldn't do anything about that. So Yeah. Uh Leno Leno's a difficult one because like he's had good moments and he has a pretty good save percentage. Like he doesn't have that many high profile errors. But in the last month, I'd say he's just been like bad game after bad game, with the exception of Villarreal away. So obviously a bit of recency bias there, but I think I think a seven is fair, or maybe a six, because I do think he's very replaceable. I don't think he's like the biggest problem, but there's actually a thing that I remember you were getting heat for saying like he strongly affects our attack because of his buildup. And I like if anyone watches Arsenal and then watches Real Madrid, they'll see the difference. Like Courtois, every time he gets the ball with his feet, with his hands, it's quick. He catches the ball within two seconds. We're, on, we're in the attack with Leno. It's like 10, 15 seconds before the ball leaves him. So I think I think a six probably actually for me. Um, well, actually, um, Leno's tough. Leno's tough because I actually think, as I've been really critical of him recently, but I think Leno, Leno's not a bad goalkeeper. Like he's a he's a decent goalkeeper. Uh, he saved us before. He's a very good shot stopper. He's very good at coming off his line as well. And he he knows when to anticipate, when to come out, when and he's very good at making himself quite big and one on ones. Yeah, but. I just, I, I just don't, I just can't with this guy in, on when he's trying to play with his feet. I think, and I think for me, what I say about Leno is that I think he's not a, the biggest problem. I have to get this out there, but I think he's a big problem because what he does when he gets the ball um, to his feet when we're trying to build play, he takes so long in assessing his options. Makes everyone around him nervous. Yeah, his first touch is is sometimes it takes him wide, so he can't open up his angles. So he gives the ball 
out to someone like Rob Holding, who's not comfortable on the ball anyway, you're making him nervous. And especially, you're making him nervous, you're making Gabriel nervous. That means what can't you do? You can't get the ball out to your players up front. Then what happens? You're kicking the ball out of play and you can't sustain attacks. You can't go and press forward against the opposition. And then what happens is that instead of you trying to sustain pressure, it goes the other way around. Yeah. They're exactly. going a wave after wave against you and you can't play out of the back. And against yeah. and that's what happens. And that's my issue with Leno right now. Because I think he's actually improved on his crossing. Because before he was rubbish at coming out for crosses. Now he's actually he actually wins a lot more. He makes himself bigger a lot of the time. But on the ball, he's, I think he's I think he's awful. And I think it affects us a lot because it affects it's a chain reaction. It affects everyone around him. So that's that's I I'd give him a five this season. I don't think he's been awful, but over the last month or so he's been just he's just been awful. So yeah, yeah I'd give him a five. Renerson, like a two for being present, I guess. Like every game he's played, he's conceded a lot of goals. So nothing really to say about him. Yeah, we know uh, we made a mistake there. <laughs> yeah, for the defense, it's it's interesting because we've had some. With like generally, we don't have a bad defense. We have one of the better defenses in the league, but I still think that like. It hasn't been great defensively. Like, it when when a team wants to score against us, they don't have to try too hard. Um, and I think the only three defenders that I want to point out in this team are David Luiz, Gabriel, and Kieran Tierney. Um, mm-hmm. I think Luiz and Gabriel are by far our best partnership, and to a certain extent, I'm sad to see Luiz go. Like, just because I don't think we'll replace his leadership ability and he still was like starting quality center back so i think if rob holdings meant to be filling in his leadership role i'm really unhappy about that um but louise and gabrielle i'd give both of them a seven because i think like gabrielle started off maybe to even a 10 and he's been like a five or a six in the recent weeks and months like his level of performance has dropped significantly but he's a 22 23 year old guy and he was great in the beginning of the season so i don't want to hold it against him too much and louis like he's been the one constant in the team where he's been good all season like he cut out all his mistakes all his red cards from last season so yeah that's my opinion on them too um yeah couldn't agree more actually with with what you said but with i think with gabriel I think Gabriel right now, I think I think he's got massive, massive potential. I just want him to just improve his passing a bit. That's it. I think yeah. he's passing under pressure, his 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 floated balls are like they're, they're inconsistent. They're either in the air too long or they get kicked out of play. So I think but physically he's amazing. He doesn't lose many jewels. He's one on one defending is excellent. He doesn't go to ground too much. He wins. He's a monster in the air. And he can play high line. So I think he's he's the exact type of player we need to buy more of. Yeah. That makes sense. Smart buys for maybe not even too much money. Well, how much do we buy him for? 25 million? That's yeah, a great like buy. 23. It's great. That's a great, great buy. Yeah, I think 
Louise, <laughs> I think I'm a massive fan of David Louise. I really am. Kind of glad to see him go as well because I think he's been excellent ever since Arteta's actually come in. I think he's had a couple of bad games here and there. I think the Man City won last season at the Etihad where he, he completely lost it. But overall, I think he's been ever-present for Arteta. And for me, he's the one player in our team that for me, he's one of the few that are just completely irreplaceable right now. Because no one can, like, no one has his leadership, like like you said. No one can bring the ball out of the back like he can, can switch the ball, can play the ball forward. And what happens there is that opponents, when, for example, Rob Holding gets the ball, he becomes a pressing trigger. Like we did, like, for example, last week to Chelsea with Kurt Zuma. Yeah. Rob Holding becomes a pressing trigger. We can't build out of the back. With David Luiz, they won't even bother pressing him. Yeah. So guess what happens? They'll drop back or we'll get more of the ball. And again, that's what you need for a possession-based team. You need to keep the ball for long periods of time to sustain pressure and create chances. Yeah, so, 100%. So, and that's where he's become irreplaceable. Like Against Villarreal, could we even build out? Like We had to go long to build out. Against Liverpool, where we got smashed. That's another game, by the way, we got smashed. It's yeah. Liverpool. At home, there was the problem was it wasn't necessarily even the attack. They couldn't hold the ball. We had injuries, and we could we couldn't even build out of the press. Yeah. So that's why I think for me, I know everyone goes on about the attack, the attack, and I 100% agree. We need to sort out the attack and get a, someone big. But we also need to sort out the technical level of this team because they can't play possession football. And we'll get yeah. to Rob Holden in a second, but I think he has to be one of the first people that sold it this summer. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, let's. I don't think we need to say too much on Kieran Tierney. Like when he's yeah. fit, he's great. I'm going to give him an eight for the season. I think he's actually been pretty spotless when he's played. Like I can't really remember a bad performance or anything unless he's been like just back from injury um is there anything else do you have to add really no Kiratini's Kiratini he's yeah he should be our captain great. he should be our captain he's yeah a, he's, a, he's a brilliant player and yeah I think he's you don't have any he's just a consistent 7 out of 10 every week I just one thing is just again like when he when we build up, I don't want him to just hoof it when he's under pressure all the time. I think yeah. he does that quite a bit, but I'm just being picky now. Yeah, Cedric, Mari, and Chambers. I think I think they all can get a six from me, in the sense that not really too many errors. Like Cedric had the one versus Villa. Mari's, you know, a few a few shaky performances, but. They've all just been solid when they've came in. They haven't really played that big of a role in the season. Um, so I think just like they've been a little bit above average, I'd say, sixes. Because for the next two, which are Beller and Holding, I have I have worse things to say about them. <laughs> no, I think they've been okay. They've been okay. They're backups. So they're yeah. not supposed to be like amazing. They're just backups. They're there to fill a, a squad hole. And yeah. if you've got injuries, they can come in and do a job. That's what they're supposed to do. I think Murray's a lot better than I thought he was. I thought yeah. he was rubbish, actually. But I think he is, he's a competent centre-back. He's not, he's not amazing, 
but he's not awful either. He can do a job. Yeah. Chambers, same thing. He can do a job. He follows instructions. He's good on the ball. He's, he's the not best. The quickest. He's the best he's... volley crosser in the world. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's got a great cross on him as well. He's, he's, he's a good player. He's a good footballer. These players, they're not amazing, but they can do a job. And I think, yeah, Cedric as well, same thing. Players that can just, they're just there. They're, they're back up. They can fill a squad hole. Yeah. Um, Bellerin, I'm going to keep this real short. Four. He has maybe three good performances all season. Like, it's just not been right all season long. And I think even Arteta realized, like, starting January time, that I can't I can't keep going with this guy. Um, I mean, like, thanks for everything you've done for Arsenal and whatnot, but I'm, I think it's time to leave this summer. So, yeah, four. Yeah, can't. I'd go with. I'd actually go with three. I think he's been. I think he's been awful this season. Honestly, I think he's had some good games. I think, but overall, he's just been a really big hindrance. Because the problem with Bellerin is that he's he make he has one good aspect of his game. One, and that is he makes good overlapping runs going forward at the right time, which comes like one or two times a game out of 90 minutes. Yeah. So for me, he's not good enough in possession. He loses the ball too much. He can't evade pressure. Instead of instead of going on the outside to evade the pressure when someone's coming at you, he goes inside. So he attracts the press even more. Yeah. If that makes sense. So he can't retain the ball. He's not very good at progression to play the inverted role. Because the right back has to be very more fun- functional in Arteta's system. So you can't do that. His crossing is inconsistent. And defensively, he's always been flawed. So for me, I think... I, I actually love the guy, generally. But I'm grateful for what he's done and stuff. He's been a great son for the club, but he has to go. Yeah. He has to and, go to and as you said a little bit earlier, Rob Holding, probably someone else that we should try to get some money for and cash in. Um. I'd say a five. Like, I don't think he's been horrible. He's been, there was a period where he was just getting clean sheet after clean sheet for us. But ultimately, I think when you're losing headers to Sterling and Jota, like, you're not good on the ball. You're very unathletic in terms of, like, your speed and your recovery speed. I, yeah, four, five, five, five is fair for him. Like, I don't think he's a bad player, but I think that, He's worse than Chambers, and I don't think we need anyone worse than Chambers in our squad. Yeah, I'd give him a five. I think he's had some good games. I think he's he's basically Rob Holding is a low block defender. That's why you know when those games will go down to ten men, or when we're having to sit back for long, like the game against Chelsea, like like just defending your box. He's quite good at that. Like he's yeah. a low block defender, but for a big club can't just be a low block defender. You have to be good playing high line. You have to be aggressive. You have to be good on the ball. And you have to have some bit of speed so you can make up. Because eventually, if you're a top team, you're going to leave gaps. And he doesn't have any of that. So, yeah, again, another player we should look to get some money for. But yeah, yeah five, he's had some good performances. Um. So that's all for the defenders. Uh, midfielders, 
the two I'll start with are Sabayas and Odegaard because obviously they're lone players. Uh, Sabayas, I'd say a four. Like he's had some performances where he's been the best player on the pitch. Like West Brom away, he was getting like everyone on the timeline was like, "Oh, what a performance! What a performance!" But then he's also had some really really bad moments. And I think overall in the season, like a four, if not a three, sometimes even like he's just not been too like anything to rave about like he's not a horrible player um like Sheffield United away he was good Slavia Prague he was good and then the next game comes around and he's a liability and he gets what I thought was a bit of an unlucky red card but it was coming if it wasn't from that foul he was going to get a red card regardless at Villarreal so I think a four but even negotiable to a three and as for Odegaard Look, I've said before he's my favorite player, but I've been very underwhelmed. And I'm I'm sure that there's an aspect of coaching that has caused this because anytime I've watched him play for Vitesse or Sociedad, he's never been a guy who drops to around where the, his center defensive midfielder is and gets the ball and just keeps possession. Like he's used to be a lot more incisive. And that's just been missing at Arsenal. I'm not sure if that's like an instruction because Emil Smith-Rowe is already doing that. So Arteta maybe wants Odegaard just to keep the ball. But for the most part, his performances after the international break have been literally just keep the ball. He has like 90% passing accuracy every game. And I don't want that from an attacking midfielder. So I think a five is fair on him because he's had some really good performances and some really poor performances as well. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think with things Sabios, Sabios is a player that basically he just doesn't suit the Premier League. He's just not very athletic to play central midfield. He doesn't. He does. He tries his best to be fair to win fifty fifties and duels, but he just he just isn't made for it. And he wants a lot more time on the ball than. Like than in the prem that you get on in the, on the ball in the prem, if that makes sense. So for me, I think he's been. I think there's a good player in there, but I don't think he's good enough. If that makes it at all for Arsenal. I think he's he almost by himself tried to sabotage in every single round the Europa League. Um, so that alone was was bad enough. I think I think last season I think what helped him was the back three. The back three I think for a lot of these players that are not very fast, it limits the space that they can cover. So that means it, there's less responsibility defensively and you have more protection. So I think that's why I think last season, like even in the FA Cup final, he was for me he was after Bamiang for me he was my man of the match in the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, I thought he was I thought he was brilliant that game. Um, against Man City as well last year, but yeah, it's just gone, it's gone downhill this season for him. I, I hope, I hope though, he he'll get a, he'll get a good move somewhere else in La Liga, but I don't think he's anywhere near the level that we should be looking for. Yeah, and, and he's only twenty four. Oh. It's not yeah, too, of course, it's not too old. Of course, and I think. I don't know. I'm conflicted. I, I don't think we should sign him. Because yeah, I totally agree with that. I think yeah. he's... I just think that there's there's a couple of things. I think 
number one, my main issue right now, it's not even the dropping deep. It's not even the um, keeping possession. That's what you have to do at top clubs. You have to drop deep. You have to progress play. That's what you have to do. Um, but my issue right now is he's not a transitional threat. He's not running at players or like carrying the ball forward very quickly. Like against Chelsea, there were many times where we needed to just get away and that we're in on goal. We're in. But when he gets the ball, it's stop. Chelsea get back in shape and the attack is finished. That's just one example. I think is his inability to get out tight spaces, like tight spaces against these very tight, compact teams. Again, that's that's another red flag. And the, I think he does clash a lot of Saka zonally, which I, I think he's affected both of them. So, um, for me, I, I'm still a massive fan of him. I think he's a very good player. I think he's he's very, very good retaining the ball um, in the small spaces. He can combine with other players. He's obviously got good IQ. He's got good shot on him. But I think I think he's a player that you need to give time to adjust to the Prem, but we don't have that time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I so. just think, like, the, the one reason why I, I'm just hesitant to say it's all down to him, because for Vitesse and for Sociedad, he, like, transitional game was, like, one of his best. He, was, mm, he would yeah. carry the ball at high speed and find a man with, like, a great through ball. And a lot of times it would result in, like, let's say him passing it out wide and the guy crosses and they scored. Like, he gets a lot of pre-assists even at Arsenal. But mm-hmm. it, you, his game used to be so much quicker and so much dribbling. And he would he would have games where he would have, like, three dribbles, five chances created, 55 passes with 98% pass accuracy. No, not 98, but, like, 90% pass accuracy. And, like, that just doesn't happen anymore. And I wonder if it's, like, the recent injury or what. Like, I, I just don't really understand. But I think he should come back to Real Madrid. Luka Modric is 36 in September. He seems mm. as good of a fit as he can be to play, to kind of play that role. Um, and especially with a team like Real Madrid where you have Casemiro behind you to protect you. You're going to have Valverde to protect you a lot who's an insane athlete you have a world-class defense like I think it's I think he'll make a really big mistake if he tries to stay at Arsenal and I think it'll also be a mistake for Arsenal to spend the money that he he would require which will be at least 30 million um to get Odegaard because I just don't think that's a player that's needed right now despite how good he may be in the future yeah, I just think that we just we can't take the risk with this player now. We we've got no margin for error in the market. We can't make any mistakes. So for me, I think let him go to back to Madrid. I think he can still do well there, definitely, depending on the system that he's in. Let's say if he plays for an Allegri or Raul, that could that could that could change things. Maybe Zidane as well. Although Zidane did apparently want to keep him around, but yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens with him. I think I'd give him a um, a six. He was doing very very well mm. just before his injury. I think he must have some impact because he was playing really well before his injury. But it is what it is. I think I hope he does well somewhere else. Yeah, um, Al Nani. I'm I'm just gonna go through the rest of them quickly because they're not really that important of key figures mm. besides Saka and Emil Smith Rowe who. 
Um, I'll give both of them an eight because I think they've actually Saka a nine and Emil a nine too, because I think they've been amazing and we discussed them. There's not too much more to say, I guess. Yeah, we um, discussed them. El Nani, I would say a six. Like I think he's been a very solid player when he's come in. Hasn't really had a bad performance. So actually, I'll bump that up to a seven. He scored some good goals too. Um, Thomas Partey for me, it's a five. Um, yeah, Greek. I think, yeah, for, for sure. Like, I think injury injury is the reason why I'm going to be lenient with him and give him the whole of next season. But when it comes to performance level, like, we were supposed to be signing a world class player, and I think that he's been outshone, like, outshined by Granit Xhaka, and I think quite easily too. Uh, Xhaka is not a player that I'm a big fan of. I know that you like him. I know that there's a lot of people who are really big fans of Shaka, but one thing that we all have to acknowledge, whether we like or dislike the guy, he's been a constant. He's been available for like big and important stretches of the season. And he's done his job and he's tried to fill in as left back and center defensive mid. He's done great. Um, for me, I'd say Shaka gets a seven, just like El Nani. Um, but for a different reason, because El Nani's for some nice goals and solid performances, and Shaka mm. for being key in key stretches. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with most of what you said. I think El Nani is El Nani. You know what you're gonna get with him. He's just a solid. Again, I don't, I don't really like to waste my time with like squad options. Like they're there to do to come in when you when you're in when you've got problems. And I think yeah. with El Nani. He's not someone that's going to hinder you like a lot. He's not going to make crazy bad mistakes. He retains the ball well. He, he He's very good at winning his tackles and midfield battles. He's he's not amazing, but it is what it is. He's just, he's just a squad player. I'd give him a six overall. I think he's done what he's needed to do. I think Partey has been... like uh, Partey hasn't been... He's been inconsistent. He's had some games with, like Old Trafford... Even the other day against Chelsea, I think after the first 20 minutes, I thought he was excellent. So he's had some good games and then some games where he just, he can't even pass the ball a couple of yards. Um, but I think we'll see the best of him next season. I think a good pre-season, some rest as well, recovering. Yeah. I think he'll, I think we'll see the best of him. Um, I'd give him a five, like you said. And Xhaka, I give Xhaka a seven. I think he's been... See, I don't think he's this world-class player that I think a lot of people are trying to say. I think this is a minority, but but I don't think he's a horrendous player like other people make out as well. I think he's he's a constant in this team. He's a reference point. He doesn't make mistakes anymore. His ball progression stats are very, very high. Yeah, His positioning is excellent. For me, he's just a he's a continuity type player. If that makes yeah. sense, he's just a player that he just gives the team stability, and without him, we've seen again, like without this guy, this team just collapses. So, yeah, I think uh, he's not a player I, I, I rate too too highly. I just think he's very important to the team. Yeah, for sure, and uh, I hope that changes in the near future because I think that course, yeah. very upgradable. Um. So out of the attackers, like, I guess Lacazette said, said what I needed to say about him earlier. Um, I'd give him a 
seven for the season because I think in the beginning, yeah, there was a lack of creativity, but he only had like two goals up until December. Um, I, yeah, like seven or eight. I think he's been solid. Aubameyang, I'm going to be a little harsh maybe, but I think a three is what he gets for the season because I'm comparing him t- to him and like to his standards as well as comparing mm-hmm. him to Lacazette. And basically all his goals besides Benfica have been in meaningless games versus like teams like Newcastle, Leeds, like just the worst defenses in the league. I think outside of um, goal scoring, he's offered nothing again for the whole season, really. And I, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm just not a fan of Aubameyang and the way he plays. Like I acknowledge that he's a good goal scorer, but yeah, I mean, I hope everything in his personal life goes well because obviously he's had issues off the field with that and he's been sick recently. So I wish him really like all the best. I don't think he should be club captain, but I wish him all the best and I hope he comes back to his goal scoring form next season. Yeah, I think with Lacazette, I think he's had. I thought he. I think he was awful till round Boxing Day. I thought he. I think he's been. I thought he was awful. I thought he wasn't stretching back like um, the defenses. I thought his hold-up play was inconsistent. He was missing chances. Though we weren't creating many, he was missing too many. His his overall play was inconsistent. I thought he was. He just looked like washed. Like, but yeah. um. I think after since Boxing Day he's been good. He's been good. He's been very, very important to I think profile wise, he's allowing other people to flourish. He's a like he's like a wall pass for a lot of players, like to combine and play off your Smith Rowe Saka. They and players like playing with him. So he's having to play different roles creatively as a false nine as well. So I think he's been he's been quite good second half of the season. I'd give him a six. I wouldn't give him a seven because I don't think he's been good for the whole season, but he's been okay since then. Aubameyang, as I said, I agree. You can't argue. It's been a rubbish season for him. Um, a lot of the things aren't his fault. Like, structurally, the team was a mess until, again, till Boxing Day, till that game against Chelsea. But I think, again, I think a lot of things are affecting him. Like, even the, the lateness of the North London derby, his family problems, then getting malaria. Like, it's not been ideal for him. I do think, though, the next season he'll start scoring again. Because I don't think he's... I don't think he's declined as a player. I think he's been playing badly for a long time. If that, I don't know if that, if you can tell the difference there, what yeah, I'm trying I to say. It. Yeah. I think, I think he'll be back next season in terms of goal scoring-wise. Overall play, he's obviously always going to divide opinion there. But I'm do, I am seeing some things that he's improving. Like he he wins a lot of balls in the air. He's more aggressive. He tries to link play it more, although he's not the best at it. But yeah, I, th- I think he's. I, th- I think he will be back next season. I hope so anyway, because we do need him. Yeah, um, Nelson and Martinelli. Um, I just don't think they've played enough to really get a rating. But I just want to give them a quick shout out because especially Martinelli. I think he's a big part of our future. And Nelson, he's a really talented boy, and I'm really upset that he hasn't got as many minutes as he could have this season because I think Willian is a player that is likely to leave this summer, actually, we've been hearing now. So 
in hindsight, it looks even worse that Willian is almost on 2,000 minutes this season in all competitions. And I think if almost all of those minutes went to Reese Nelson, we would be missing maybe a free kick versus West Brom, although I'm sure Nelson could have scored that too. So, yeah, I'm really sad for him, and I hope that if he isn't going to take up that squad space that William had and get significant minutes, then I hope he he goes on alone next season because he's very talented. But talking about William just really quickly and Pepe, and then you can give me the your opinion on those four players or four wingers. But I think William four if not a three for the season like i recognize the work he does he isn't entirely useless but as i said he has almost 2000 minutes and one goal one shot on target i'm pretty sure or two maybe two um it's just been so disappointing we didn't get what we signed up for and we spent way more money than you would have wanted to and i think selling him is the right decision um and as for pepe it's like i'd probably give him a six because, like, for the first half of the season, he was genuinely horrendous. That Leeds moment just felt like this could be the end of his Arsenal career. But then he's had a few months where he's probably been the be- best player, or at least the best attacker, driving us forward. And I think it's still been far too inconsistent. Um, a lot of his fans will make excuses like, oh, the team didn't do this, the team didn't do that. When you're a 72 million pound winger, you... You are the guy that does stuff. You're the guy that forces the issue. So I think a six is fair for him, and I definitely hope that we see the best of him next season because I do think there's a great player in there. Yeah, um, going on to Nelson first, I think I think that's one of my... I think with the Willian signing, it links, obviously. I think that's probably one of my biggest like things which have annoyed me about Arteta. Um, with the Nelson situation and playing someone like William, who's been crap. Uh, well, he was crap till like February, then he became okay. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just uh, I, I really didn't support that decision. I think no one wanted us to sign William as well, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to be that bad. I think at the start, but I think for me, I thought William was always a left-sided player. He likes coming inside. He likes combining with different players. He's not someone that's going to... On the right, you're just reducing him to literally going out onto the touchline and crossing the ball. And with no... And Bellerin, for how bad he's been at times, he's not someone that you want to combine with. So I don't think it's a coincidence that um, William became... like He played a bit more better on the left than on the right um, from February onwards. Saying that, I think he's a three. Um, William, um, so yeah, William's a three. I'd give Nelson. You can't even give him a ring. He's barely played. So I'd give him a five because um, he's played some good Europa League games. And what the last two again? Pepe and yeah, Pepe. oh Pepe, yeah. Pepe. He's just too inconsistent for me. He's just too inconsistent and he just seems like a player that's... He plays like a youth player, if that makes sense. You see, he still seems a lot very raw. Like his ball retention, his, um, his combining, his decision-making sometimes is off. He's got a brilliant shot and he 
does make, and he's a very good goal for it in the box. But yeah, I don't think he's ever going to live up to the expectations, but at least I hope he's a good, useful player next season who can get us 10 goals because we need goals in this team. We're lacking it a lot. Yeah. Um, just lastly, I'm going to keep this one short because I'm sure we could go like 30 minutes each on, on what we think of the managerial situation. Mm. Um, I think Arteta, for me, is quite a lucky guy. I think if there were fans in the stadium, I I think he's been sacked already because I think like no one would accept going 14 games, scoring four goals and losing 10 times or whatever it is. Like the home record is just abysmal. And I'm not sure if fans would actually help us because the Emirates crowd is not like one of those that gets behind and wins games for you necessarily. Um but and he's also been unlucky in some circumstances. Like we've missed Kieran Tierney for pretty key parts of the season. But but the other thing that I want to caveat that with is when you look around us with injury issues, I think the only club that's really been like having an easier time like in and around the area we're in, because Man City and United really haven't had that many issues, but we're way far behind them. I think it's Tottenham. Tottenham, like, basically, like, missed Kane for a few games, um, missed regular Don for <laughs> for a bit of a bit of time, but but for the most part, like, they're they've had the same players play all the time if they've been fit, and I think the same is the, the with us. Like, Gabriel's missed a bit of the season, but apart from Tierney, there isn't really anyone that's been like out injured a lot. So. I think when you look at look at the balance of both sides of the scale, um, I'd give Arteta a four, if not a three, because of the Europa League. Like I think it was the most winnable run I could envision. Envision like maybe if Dynamo Kiev beat um, Villarreal, but I, I mean, or Dynamo Zagreb. Sorry, but yeah, I think I think it was embarrassing. The embarrassment alone is like probably brings him down a a point but i do think that since he has stayed he needs to make a lot of goodwill for himself this summer and i do i do see the things that a lot of like arteta fans say about him but if he does have a good summer then he needs to show that starting game week one is my opinion so i think a three or four is what i'll give him personally i think if we're gonna keep it real yeah, he deserved the sack this season. Yeah, he at did. Like at the end of the day, football is a results game. Arsenal are ninth, and you can give context. You can give all of this and all of that. He's very lucky that he's still in the job. Very lucky. Um, having said that, I think the guy is clearly a very good coach. He's got. He's very good tactically. You can tell with the way he sets up the structure of the team, the way we build, the aim to build up from the back. But it's clear for me, as the same time is, you can tell with the mistakes, like the Villarreal, the both legs, he got it so badly wrong. Like that's he got it in the biggest games of the season. He got it wrong. Yeah. And for me, at the end of for me, I think on this season alone, for me, I think it's a, it's a four. But at the same time, we have to apply context as well because I think these group of players 
can't play the football that he wants to play. And he's done his stopgap. He done it with the three at the back to get through. He didn't get his creator in the summer. He had no one to play between the lines. We couldn't create a single chance. We didn't. We don't have technical guys at the back apart from David Luiz and Granit Xhaka. When they don't play, you see how much we we're missing them. So for me, anyway, we don't have a ball playing goalkeeper. We don't. Our attackers are. are they're good, but they are they great? So for me, I'm looking at it this way, and I'm saying to myself, I, I see, I see good bits, but he has to put them together now. And for me, he gets till October. He gets a full preseason. He gets to make his signings. He gets till October. And if I don't see improvement, then he has to go. As much as you can rate him as a coach, and his idea, and the way he sets up the team, like I like the way he sets up build-up wise. He always sets off overloads in every part of the pitch, wide triangles, our patterns of play from the back, the way we're always compact, hard to play through, even when we're pressing high. Like these are good, good tactical like um bits of his coaching that he has. He has very he, and he can coach to a high level, you know. Our structure, even the four two three one, structurally, it has no flaws, in my opinion. It's compact defensively in the sense of if you, you've got your midfield guys if, to protect against counter-attacks, you've got five players or six players up front to create chances, players in the half spaces, wide triangles, it's good. But we need to see results now. And for me, that's why this summer, it's, it's, it's big. <laughs> because if, if he doesn't buy the players, he's gone. He's yeah. gone very soon. So for me, I see potential. I'm going to give him time because I do think he's not had time to actually coach as much as he would have liked because of obviously COVID, fixture congestion, etc. So I'm going to give him pre-season, the transfer window, and I'll judge in October. And if I don't see improvement, then he has to go. It's as simple as that for me. But yeah, this season, four. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one thing I always say about that is like, a manager can seem like to have all the potential they want, but a difference between a manager and a 19-year-old winger is you can't sub out your manager. And if your 19-year-old winger goes three seasons without scoring a goal, there's still a chance of you, of him exploding and getting 20 goals in one one of his future seasons. With a manager, if you're mid-table for three seasons and you're a club as big as Arsenal, uh, there's no fucking point of keeping them. There's absolutely exactly. no. So I think, I think potential with managers is a lot less time- like, like the time you have as a manager is a lot less generous than you have as a player because again you, you can't you can't just sub out your manager so yeah thank you so much for being here today um these were our end of the season arsenal awards if you can call it that and um let's just say <laughs> we pray it gets better yeah all right thank you bro and listeners make sure you check out a1's twitter page um very good opinions on a constant basis so thanks for joining man